the ahead and did it. The Colts, they uh, they signed a safety who used to play with the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then I want to talk about Indiana basketball a little bit because I think the priorities for Indiana basketball are very, very difficult to execute and win. It's really tough to do that. And I think that that was on display last night as Kansas won the national championship over North Carolina. We're also going to talk about the Cubs moving statues yet again. The Cubs are nauseating in their priorities, but let's talk first about the Indianapolis Colts on Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Call Johnson's Plumbing. 317, uh, no, it's 765-610- 8809. What they do is solve plumbing problems. If you've got a plumbing problem, you've got a sump pump problem with all this rain, call Jared Johnson again, 765-610-8809. Hit subscribe, ring the bell, uh, hit the like button, all that stuff. And for goodness sake, if you want a question answered, donate. And the donation kind of rings a bell. And then I see your question and I'll, I'll respond to it. Otherwise, I just kind of prattle on. A little bit. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. They signed a safety today. Not the guy you might have thought. Not Teron Matthew. They did not sign Teron Matthew. I'm playing games with you a little bit. They signed Armani Watts, who's more a replacement for George Odom. George Odom was a really good backup safety and a special teams ace. Armani Watts, kind of that same guy. He's going to be very good on special teams. And then in a pinch, He's going to be able to play some safety for you. Uh, The Colts continue. Chris Ballard is really, really good at building the bottom of the roster. Maybe the best general manager in the NFL at building the bottom of the roster. Sadly, the Colts, they need top of the roster help. And here's where they need it. And then we'll get to Indiana basketball a little bit. Their priorities have got to be top priority is weapons. People keep coming at me and saying it's depth on the offensive line. Look, when you've got no one. At wide receiver two and wide receiver three, no one. Paris Campbell doesn't count until he stays healthy for more than half a season. All right, so you've lost T.Y. Hilton, You, in all likelihood. You've lost Zach Paschal. So who you got? You got Paris Campbell, plaster of Paris. We have no idea whether he's going to last a single game in the 2022 season. You got to go get weapons. Because other than that, you got problems, man. You got Michael Strawn, and and then where you go, right? Tough. Uh, Patman, sure, but the the shelves are not stocked with the kind of weapons where you go out and win a championship. That's for damn sure. Then we're going to talk about offensive line depth. Losing Mark Lewinsky and Chris Reed and Eric Fisher. That's problematic. Those are three components to the offensive line in 2021 that were at worst competent. Maybe Eric Fisher had some competence issues, but Reed and Glowinski competent at the guard position. You slide Matt Pryor out to the starting left uh, tackle position, and at right guard, you install Danny Pinter, and you feel really good about Pinter at right guard, but you do need guys to come in in case somebody gets hurt because somebody always gets hurt. The Colts, I think they had two seasons where the entire offensive line started every game. All the starters were there, right? That rarely happens in the NFL. It's happened twice with the Colts, though. Uh, Secondary talent. 
You, you don't know whether Julian Blackman is going to be able to remain healthy. He tore his Achilles last year. He has torn an ACL in the past. And without him, what do you have at free safety? I, I guess you've got Armani Watts. You need a playmaker back there, and Teron Matthew is that guy. Go get Teron Matthew. Get this deal done, Chris Ballard. And then you lose Xavier Rhodes, Rocky Seen, right? And, and so without those guys... You got depth problems at quarterback. Now, these aren't unresolvable depth problems because those guys, not great, right? Not terrible. Rocky Seen had a reasonably good season, but there are guys on the street today, including Xavier Rhodes, who's on the street, who you can plug and play at quarterback and feel like you're going to at least have competence. You'd like to have more than that. But using the 42nd overall pick, to go get that competence at corner, I don't like it. I think you got to get a receiver, but I'll tell you this about Chris Ballard. He is going to let the, bo- the board talk to him. He is not going to go out and get a guy at a spot. He is not going to draft to ne- need ever, 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 ever. It is not what he does. That is not the way he's built. You can take Chris Ballard at his word. He is always going to do what he believes is the right thing, and he will always believe that the right thing is to draft based upon what the board tells you. He will always listen to his draft board. He's said it a million times. That's what he's going to do. If the best player on the board is left tackle, he's going to take the left tackle. Best player on the board is a cornerback, he's going to take a cornerback. Best player on the board is a wide receiver or a tight end, he's going to do that. But it sounds like the Colts kind of like Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson at the tight end position. Maybe they'll draft somebody to augment those two. We know that Matt Ryan loves his tight ends, right? Uh, and then there was a story in the media uh, this week. Uh, do the Colts need a veteran QB backup? The Colts, under Chris Ballard, have never invested in a veteran QB backup, ever. Went out and got Jacoby Brissett. Right, but he wasn't a veteran quarterback uh, backup. He became a veteran uh, backup quarterback here in Indianapolis through his work in Indianapolis. Right, but that is not the way this team rolls. They went out and got Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has missed one start in the last twelve seasons. They are not going to spend big cash to go out and get an Andy Dalton type guy. Andy Dalton's off the market. Uh, signed with the Saints last week, but still, they're not going to go get a guy like that to be a backup quarterback here where you got to spend good cash to make sure that the floor only sinks so low. That's not where this team is. They need the ceiling to be high. You don't spend money on a veteran quarterback backup to raise the ceiling. That's to raise the floor, and raising the floor does you no good if you're the Indianapolis Colts. They also need an eighth defensive lineman. What are you going to do? I, I, I'm not saying it facetiously. It, that's the way Chris Ballard rolls. I'm telling you, even at 42, if the best player on the board is a defensive tackle, he's going to pick him. And that's the way it goes. That, that's just that's who he is. The Colts are not going to trade for uh, DK uh, Metcalf. They're not going to trade for him. It would, the cost would be too great. Uh, unless it was like a straight-up swap like Quentin Nelson for DK Metcalf, which I wouldn't even recommend. And I think people who listen to this and watch this understand how little 
uh, problem I would have trading Quentin Nelson, despite the fact that he's a really, really good left guard. All right. Glowinski is good people. Glowinski is gone. Uh, let's talk about the Indiana Hoosiers because, uh, look, this Xavier Johnson dust up. We know what he did. He was going 90 on North Walnut. He tried to run from the police. He pulled into an apartment complex where he ran a stop sign, parked, tried to swap seats with a guy in the car. So the guy, the other guy in the car, not the Parker Stewart guy in the car, but the other guy, a friend, would take the rap for Xavier Johnson, charged with felony uh, evading law enforcement. And, and so it, you've got that charge against him, and then you've got the reckless driving. And none of that matters, and I don't really want to talk about that anymore, to tell you the truth. Um, but here's what I do want to talk about. It, you've got to have clarity in process if you're going to run a successful program. And you've got to have clear mis- mission statement. You can't, as a mission statement, say, Indiana basketball is built on a foundation of four pillars. Those four pillars are winning uh, behavior, compliance, and uh, academic excellence. You can't do that. You have to have a mission statement that states one goal clearly and succinctly. Indiana basketball wins. Indiana basketball graduates students. You can't have Indiana basketball wins while graduating students. You need clarity in your mission statement, and I don't think that there's any clarity in Indiana basketball, and there hasn't been for a really long time because Indiana had a good enough coach back in the day where he could do all of those things. When the uh, you know the NCAA wasn't this feel monstrosity that uh, couldn't couldn't bring justice against a program like Kansas, who's had level one violations assessed against the program and its head coach, and then last night. The head of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, hands the national championship trophy to that coach who has yet to be disciplined for the level one violations that he committed. It's ridiculous. And it's tragic. Aaron, thank you very much. If you included a question, I would answer it. But thank you very much for the 10 bucks. I appreciate it, my man. Um, With Indiana, what Indiana fans expect is this. They expect... Winning, they expect compliance, they expect the student athletes who play basketball to be chaste in their behavior, C-H-A-S-T-E, not C-H-A-S-E-D, chaste, we covered that Saturday night, Sunday morning, (laughs) right, but not the one with the T, you've got to be almost virginal in your behavior at Indiana to uh, have alums and boosters feel good about you. That's what you've got, which is ridiculous. It's a preposterous standard. You've got to graduate student-athletes, right? When Kelvin Sampson ran afoul of compliance, which you knew he was going to do, out the door he went. That he was winning didn't make a damn bit of difference. When Indiana has run afoul of behavior... Michael McRobbie, who at that point was the president at Indiana University, came to the athletic department and addressed everybody and said, this crap has to stop. I don't know whether that was after the head injury, after Honor Mascara Perez DUI, what had happened, but it, he said, could no longer happen if coaches were going to keep their jobs. 
That's the deal. You, you can't have those muddied waters. Um, who did the Colts sign? They signed Aaron. They signed Armani Watts. That's who they signed. Safety, Chiefs, kind of a replacement for George Odom. So that's what he did. Aaron, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, that's who they signed. It was not Teron Matthew. I kind of I played a little game there just to amuse you, I hope. At any rate, Indiana has got to get clarity of thought as it approaches basketball, or it is forever going to be a middle-of-the-road, kind of a seventh to ninth place Big Ten program. And that's the way it's going to be. And nobody wants that for Indiana. But you can't have everything. And so you've got to decide on that one thing. And if that one thing is winning, and Xavier Johnson is going to help you win, you try to figure out a way to educate Xavier Johnson behaviorally so he doesn't do this anymore and put lives at risk on the roads in Bloomington while being able to play point guard, right, and help you win games. Because right now in the way too early top 25, Indiana, I've seen them rank 19th. I've seen them rank 21st. Recruiting momentum is starting to build with the Hoosiers. You got a chance to cut a window for success here in terms of winning. But if you hold student-athletes to a standard that they cannot maintain, if you hold coaches to those standards, you are going to fall short because nobody can do that. You, you can't sacrifice winning to achieve compliance. You can't sacrifice winning to achieve great behavior. You can't do it. You can recruit to those things and try to impart the need to be you know, behaviorally chaste, and then you hope. But you can't, you, you can't hold people to that standard and, and believe that you're going to win, especially when you've got Kansas, a program, like I said, facing level one violations with a coach who's facing level one violations, playing against a team in North Carolina where academically they supported shadow classes within the athletic department and gave A's to students who never attended class and submitted no work. That's who you had playing for the national championship. Now, hopefully those academic issues at North Carolina have been cleaned up over the last decade. But it happened there, and that's what North Carolina does. You you can't hold Indiana to all these silos of standards and expect them to exceed expectations in all of them. You can't. And I think that we've learned that through the Xavier Johnson malfeasance. Uh, The Cubs are driving me crazy. They're moving the statues over into that Gallagher Way Plaza. So where Ernie Banks was, the late great Ernie Banks, where he saw his statue unveiled, they're going to uproot that statue and they're going to move it. Billy Williams statue, they're going to do that. Fergie Jenkins, same thing. Santo, that statue's going way over there too. You know why? To accommodate a sports book. How about that? Pitiful. The priorities exercised by Cubs ownership, the level of greed that they express through their ownership is absolutely pathetic. It makes me sick to my stomach that I ever became a Cubs fan, and that I can't completely scrub it out of my system. Pacers tonight, fan appreciation night, fantastic. 
Uh, you know what? You're going to see a bunch of guys. You're not going to see uh, Duarte. You're not going to see Miles Turner. You're not going to see TJ Warren. I don't know if you're going to see Malcolm Brogdon or not, but you're going to see a bunch of guys in Pacers uniforms fight hard and try to beat the 76ers, who we hope beat the Pacers because it helps the Pacers in the June draft. That's where we are. Oh, man, it's exhausting being a Pacers fan. Tomorrow morning, but I still watch, and I still actually enjoy it. Watching Lance Stevenson get under the skin of opponents is reason enough to watch. And so we do. Have a great time. If you're going to Fan Appreciation Night, win some prizes, have some fun. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, not as early as normal. Kind of a spring break for us a little bit. We're sleeping in, getting rolling at about 8.30. We're putting up Breakfast with Kent, doing it live. Again, if you want a question answered, donate. And I, I see the question. It comes in big, giant colors. And I enjoy it. Rocking the haircut, I've never felt cleaner.